All right, guys, we're back again for Change Agents Podcast. Um, my name is Caleb. This is Trav. Trav. Um, we have an amazing episode between each other for this time. We normally have guests, um, but for this specific episode, we want to just have a conversation about current topics, uh, things that we've seen go on, just provide um, a unique perspective when it comes to these things. So, And you know what, though? Like, my, my real uh, insight on it is, you know, we started change agents so we could like talk to change agents. Right. But we are also change agents. So I feel like more and more we're gonna just get into, you know, if we got a good guest, cool, but instead yeah. of like forcing a guest, sometimes people just need to get a little bit of us anyway. Right, right. So but I feel like too, I it gets to a point where like doing interviews, I also feel like while I love doing them, we don't get to just talk shit no more. It seems like we always yeah. working or we always you know, trying to pour into people, but mm. we got to talk too. What you got going, bro? Um, well, right now, uh, just with the studio and everything that we have here, um, just excited for what we got coming up. Like, we've installed two unique sets, um, just to highlight those, highlight the art team that's been working on those things. Um, shout out Centribe, Steph Studios, um, Taryn, you know what I'm saying, affectionately known as that. Shout out to her. Uh, she did a Venetian set, and then also a pink kitchen, which is unique to you know most other things. In addition to the other sets that we already have now, uh, we got two more that's on the way, but that's what we currently have right now. So be sure to check out Peer Space for those bookings. Uh, be sure to book. Uh, they're pretty the affordable website. for everybody, and the website that's on the way. So be sure to check that out. Um, so I just want to start off with that. Like that's the most important thing but outside of that like for me um bro like been working with lifetime actually i can talk about this now since it has been greenlit awarded and everything um and just to dive into that just real briefly it's just like um you know this is my first tv commercial bro you know what i'm saying actually airs on tv uh super excited for, for like a tv net network yeah, or nah. a show this is actually gonna be on tv it's, it's actually gonna be like you know in between lifetime movies you know this would be a commercial break that will pop up um and it'll actually air two weeks after we shoot so we shoot this weekend mm-hmm. before halloween it'll be on tv um, that's so that's a surreal thing because like you know you come from a similar town to where i come from it's like you know every black family know at least one person that mm-hmm. watches lifetime on a regular basis and oh. so my mama me, only yeah. watched Lifetime in the news, still to this day. I was about to say, my mom, like, you know, growing up, that's how she watched Lifetime. She didn't really connect to sports. She didn't really watch ESPN like my dad or whatever. But my mom, the thing was, like, you know, she would watch stories, quote, unquote. Everybody, everybody got a uh, grandma or aunt that does that and um, watching Lifetime. So My stepdad used to call Lifetime the, the Your Man Ain't No Good channel. Bro. <laughs> and I think it's really because that's all my mama watched. And you know, it's some of the craziest stories on there, but Lifetime is good too. for everything but documentaries. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> documentaries be terrible, but like between that and then uh, QVC. Yeah. <laughs> no. You know, we, we, we all had that background, but man, it, it's just full circle to just, you know, grow up with that, like, you know, Lifetime and QVC and so on and so forth, and to be actually working with these brands directly. Shout out to Marcus, too. Um, but you know what, too, like, I think like with actual TV and cable, it's kind of like radio where it's like this generation kind of feels like it's a dead medium, but it's not. Yeah. Like it's still, I look at it like this. It's more people that's over the age of 35 than it is people that's not. 
Right. 18 to 35 is a vibrant, outspoken demographic. But like my mom and them still, my mom and my grandma, my auntie, people we work with, they still largely consume content right. via cable and radio. Like, they do. Yeah. Like even like to to tie in two things at once. Like we just talked about Taryn, and now we talk about TV and like content, the BET Awards. Yeah. Like it's still crazy that uh Taryn did art design for some of the BET Awards. Right. And then they were they had their best hip hop platform, which is like such such a controversial type. I love everybody know I love Young Miami. Y'all. <laughs> like, I I thought at one point me and Young Miami was gonna be in love until she started dating Diddy. Cause like following a billionaire is a little that's, that's, that's a tough that's a tough follow up. You know what I'm saying? Like I could be the little. I mean, play get tour. in your bag, bro. You know what I'm saying? You never know. You Money might get, get in your bag, the... stay in your bag. Exactly. See, Diddy you know control saying? everything, but like even with that. Her winning best hip hop platform. Yeah, I feel a way about it. I can't even lie. Why is that? Because again, radio is still vibe. Breakfast Club is still Breakfast Club. Yeah, like I ain't even gonna get into quote unquote why I feel like she won it because I love Young Miami and I don't. I'm not here to like denounce a black woman or whatever, <laughs> yeah, right? I feel, I feel. But Young Miami got four episodes, bro. Yeah, now, yeah. granted, every time she dropped, like it, goes, full, it, it crashes the internet. It, like, full it, disclosure, yeah. we used to release on Thursdays. Right, we yeah. release on Tuesdays now because of yeah. because of that. Yeah, but Breakfast Club is Breakfast Club. Angel Butter, but go ahead. Yeah. Angel Butter, but <laughs> he released. He got something dropping every day, so yeah. it don't really, you can't really right. avoid him. Yeah, but though, like I still feel like Breakfast Club. When we shot the Stacey Abrams thing and we was talking Charlemagne, like me and you had conversations, like bro. If we can get on the Breakfast Club to tell our story and tell how much we've done in 18 months, like that's one of our goals. Right. So I feel like the Breakfast right. Club is still the Breakfast Club. Yeah. TV is still TV. Yeah. Radio is still radio. Right. And for better or for worse, the Breakfast Club being so big, it's kind of why radio is still alive. Right. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So I think it's just different. Like it's 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 still, they still have these platforms like I want us to get on mm. NBC and all of these different things but you you cracking lifetime so we like one more step closer we we getting real close we getting real close in general but let me ask you this um what what platform should have won in your opinion if not breakfast club I would say drink champs and the reason why I would say drink champs and I know drink champs is Number one, they said best hip hop platform. Mm. They didn't say best news journalism platform. But I feel like Nori still had the biggest interviews of the year. Yeah. Like Nori had the Kanye interview, which, he did. which went nuts. It went crazy. Like he, he, they, they dropped like a part one and part two, I think, for that. Exactly. Yeah. And Kanye ain't go sit until now. I think I, he just went and did like some overseas interviews. But as far as hip hop, he ain't sit with nobody else. Yeah. Then he sat with them for like four hours. For four hours. Yeah. And said stuff that <laughs> that they still doing follow ups yeah, on, like yeah, little clips and stuff. Like, like Dave that. Chappelle did Drink Champs, yeah. And in the Dave Chappelle interview, they was talking about the Kanye interview, bro. The Irv Gotti interview, like I I just feel like if it's not Breakfast Club, it has to be Drink Champs. I agree. And I know I think uh, Drink Champs shared it with Young Miami. Yeah, like, I think they won too. I yeah. think they gave him like a tie. Yeah. But, you know, Diddy got some power, bro. Because both of them on revolt. 
definitely got a lot of power. It's a lot of pull. It's a lot of stuff that's going on in the back end, but, you know, like, you know, numbers are numbers, bro. You know what I'm saying? Karisha put us numbers in those four episodes. You know what I'm saying? She put us in numbers. You got to look at it like quality or quantity. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But, but <laughs> also, I, I, not to, to kind of take it away from her. Yeah. I feel like, and you tell me if I'm wrong, I feel like we are in a very important time in culture and media where, like, we're going to really have to decide if we care about the dopest thing or, like, like the trendiest thing or, like, the yeah. most gossipy thing. Right, right. Because, like, do you still feel like, from a music video standpoint or from a hip-hop space standpoint, because you're clearly growing outside of hip-hop. Yeah. But from a hip-hop standpoint, do you still feel like you have to put out the best video every time you come out? And do you feel this appreciated? Um... I feel like I need to consistently deliver every single time. What and look at uh, you know, look at like a Tom Brady. Mm -hmm. Like he's still in the lead because he consistently delivers his numbers every game. You know what I'm saying? Give or take, win or lose, like he has his numbers. Like and that's the same for basketball, that's the same for politics. So it's like when it comes to filming, for me, it's like, as long as I'm consistent in what I'm known to do, and that's to make sure that, like, you know, I'm putting my best foot forward, I'm making sure it's, like, delivered on time, number one. Number two, it looks good. Um, it don't have to be my best video in my portfolio every single time, per se, but that doesn't mean, or that doesn't discount the fact that it may be the best thing for them. For that, for that concept or exactly, that budget exactly. or that artist. Or that artist, exactly. So... You know, with that in mind, as long as I'm consistent, like, that's all that matters. How do you grade yourself? Do you grade yourself off reaction? Do you grade yourself just off of your own eye? Do you grade yourself off of how we feel, we feel about it? Because we, we grade you on a curve, but I really feel like you the yeah. best. So when I say, oh, this is dope, it's dope. But we definitely had a conversation where I was like, <laughs> man, this could have been yeah. this way. Yeah. And I feel crazy even, like, critiquing right. you. But, <laughs> How do you nah, up? Uh, I mean, number one, I'll say, bro, like, I mean, self-reflection is everything. Like, what we talk about all the time is just, like, um, I always take time to, like, like, look at every single project and just look at, like, did I really exhaust all of my resources, like, on this project? And if the answer is yes, what more could I have done? You know what I'm saying? So I'm not going to, like, beat myself up about what it should have looked like or what should have happened. Like, no, nah, like, given the resources, which it could have been, you know, $100 or $100,000. Like, regardless of the resources, I exhausted everything. Everything you could do. Everything. So. And, and that's funny because, like, from a creative standpoint, I think all of us, no matter what our creative medium is, yeah. we kind of go through a um, checks and balances. Right. But I can't read, like, as a writer, I can't read my own stuff. I got you. Because I'll always change another line. i always. You're always revising it. Every time. And, and I so, think that's a confidence thing, too. Yeah, I feel you. I, I used to be that way when it came to, like, video editing. Like, I mean, bro, like, I mean, some cats is, like, you know, they might take a video, and it might take them, like, two weeks to a month to, like, edit one video. And it's, like, I had to realize, like, I had to find that happy medium between, like, you know, delivery dates and, um, you know, I guess just volume, like, just... Because you know, there's the no volume. way you can grow at you, that rate. Exactly. Like, one video a month. It's like, so you telling me that in a calendar year, you're only working on 12 videos? 
Like, it's just not going to keep up with the demands of not everybody in the market, but just literally one client. But one client probably going to want, like, 25 videos in a year. In a year, basically. That's two videos a month. Especially now. <laughs> That's not a lot. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like, with that in mind, it's like, you got to meet. Well, one, you got to meet people where you are, and also you got to meet brands where they are, too. So it's like, if brands are like, yo, like, we want to lock in with you, like, we need this, do we need that. So it's like, you got to meet them where they at. And so, like, for me, what that looked like for me in real time is like, instead of editing a video exactly the way I want it, maybe I could sacrifice a little bit and give them 80%, and then I can lock them in as, like, a client. But if I'm always pushing for 100% every time, you're not going to keep them as a client. They're just going to be a customer. A client and a customer is two different things. So, Facts. But, Facts. It's like a, it's like a one night stand and a girlfriend. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It's two different things. So it's like I always got these crazy ass. <laughs> like, but no, nah, that's. I mean, that's a good analogy. It's like you know, a customer is like they're gonna buy one time. You know, every now, every now and then. But a client is like a client. They rock. They rocking with you. They locked in with you. Like wherever you go, they go. And I think that's the goal, right? And it's like, well, how do we get more clients? How do we get? I feel like if I had twenty consistent clients. That's better than 200 customers. Right. Because in this, in this space that we're in, nobody is trying to do one thing one time. Right. So, like, if they like what you do, they're going to they follow back. up. Keep coming it's back. like we got certain, certain people who shoot podcasts here that shoot podcasts here every week. But right. even with that, like, shout out to Crystal. Crystal shoot for her own network. Right. She shoot her podcast every week. I'm upgrading her space. As we like right now, they're upgrading her space without her knowing. But it's just like, okay, I, we have you as a client. I want to give you more because you consistently here. Right. You pay, you pay for time, and then don't show up because of whatever happened in life. And you don't be like, yo, can I get my money back? Or right, right. can we move this? Or can I change this date four or five <laughs> times? Like, right. so you just have that appreciation. But you brought up some something that had me triggered this week, bro. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Tom Brady had me triggered this week, bro. Bro. Like, Not Tom Brady, and we don't know his true story, yeah, 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 the whole story. Yeah. But like the narrative that's going out that the reason Tom Brady is getting divorced is because he chose to play another year and his wife has a problem with that. I think that's the most insane shit in the world, bro. It's crazy. And I don't think I'm ever going to be on the that's other crazy. side. I, I got to go sit down with a therapist, so I got to sit down <laughs> with like another woman that I respect her perspective because I feel like everybody's talking off emotion. And, you know, just to get some backstory, Tom Brady is what, 20 years in? Yeah. Tom Brady's 20 years into his career. Tom Brady, I don't think there's a person alive that calls another quarterback the GOAT. Like, he's probably one of the unanimous best at what he did for any sport that we ever had. Yeah. I mean, he's the Michael Jordan of football. He's the Tiger Woods of football. Like, he's the Serena Williams of football. Like, like we got to keep that into perspective, too. <laughs> and as an athlete, like, as a, as when your career is mental-based, you can do it as long as you yeah. until you go see now. Right. Right? Like, you can technically direct until yeah. you're 90. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> Imagine if your dream had a shelf life of only 20 years or 15 years or whatever. Bro, like, and it's, it's like, you know... Just going back to, so we're, we're all retired athletes, right? So, like, you play ball, I play ball, too. And it's like, you know, in retrospect, it's like, 
you know, we had the age now to where it's like we probably would have been ending, you know what I'm saying, our careers as athletes. Mm -hmm. And that's short in the grand scheme of things of like our entire life. Like, you know, we got what, like in real time, right? Like 60, 70 years, like max in a real way. Like, like though, do you know what I would do? When it comes to sports, though, like our sport career is like maybe 30, 35. And so, like, actually, on a pro time, level, yeah, exactly. 10 years, 15 years, maybe. Max, max. So, like, imagine if, if you told me right now I can go play another <laughs> two years of college ball. Yeah. Or even two years of high school. Do you know what I would do for that, bro? It, exactly. So, it's like with, with, with that in mind, and another thing, too, you got homeboys in the league. I got some homeboys in the league, family, too, and stuff like that. People always describe the NFL as not for long. Mm hmm. You know what I'm saying? And so with that, it's like, it's for a short amount of time, not a long time. So it's like, you need to get in, maximize your time there, and move on. That's what all of us have been taught when we came through school, when we came through college and stuff like that. And it's like, for the cats that made it, some did what they were supposed to do, some didn't. But when you look at like a Tom Brady, who's like an outlier, you know what I'm saying? And he got to a mark to where he's 20 years in, going on 21. like. This is unprecedented. Like, this he is unheard even, of. He's not even the 1%. He's the 0%. He is. He is. So it's like, you got somebody who's doing something that's never been done before. Why are we trying to control what his narrative looks like? For an extra four months, bro. And I know, like, women going to give us the pushback. Well, you know, she want him to be home for the kids. She want more time with her husband. I got two things to that. And y'all can kill me all y'all want to. Number one, you know what you signed up for. It's not like Tom Brady was some, some unknown when they met. Like, he was Tom Brady already. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And right. I, that's why in my data life, I have been, especially now, like even when I was in the medical field, but especially now, I'm very forthcoming with the fact that I'm going to be busy as fuck, bro. Right, right. I'm going to be busy because I look at it like, even though I don't plan we could do this, like we said, we could do this forever. Yeah. But at this level of day-to-day -day dedication, I know I'm going to do this 20 years. Yeah. If you really plan to be my wife, I plan to live at least 40 years. You get at least a 20-year clearance. Right. And right. during this 20 years while I'm working, you're going to spend more of the money. Right. You're going to get more of the downtime. You're going to get more of the house. You're going to get more car. You're going to get more of... My sweat equity, you're going to get more from my sweat equity, equity than I will. Right. So why am I apologizing for working? Right. And so um, I, I'll just say this too, just, um, just for me. It's like, you know, every man's goal is to provide, number one. Um, white, black, brown, Every man, yellow. not these niggas. Like, every man. Every man, period. Like, white, black, brown, yellow, it don't matter. Like, that's every man's goal, like, innately. When you're born, all you want to do is provide for your spouse, you know, male or female, whatever the case may be, and your kids. Like, that's it. So, the caveat, though, is if a man is presented with a situation to where they can all, not only change their lives, right, but generations ahead <laughs> generations like, like generations ahead like that that's not an opportunity people just gonna pass up and <laughs> outside of it i care like i have a passion yeah most people never fall in love with what they do yeah i'm in love with what i do right if i'm in love with what i like 
I made the joke on Twitter. I was like, imagine if Stedman told Oprah he wanted her home right. more. Right. We would think that was the craziest shit in the world. Yeah. If Serena White, if Serena decided to come back and not retire, and her husband be like, Nah, you need to quit playing tennis. Nah, I want you more at the house. And it's like, you know, and I ain't even gonna take it there on like the sexes, like just like male or female, but it's like everybody knows that is watching or listening, it's like energy would weigh, energy would be way different for that man that's in that household if he had that type of perspective. And I think it just like, you know, we just gotta keep that same energy for the other role on the other side when we looking at, you know what I'm saying, just Tom Brady. And I also like one of my one of my, you know, I'm I'm quote king. One of my quotes is love is by addiction. Love is by addiction. Love is by addition, not subtraction. Right. So like we, you know, over the years culturally we had these conversations of, you know, who go who's first, the mom or the kids? Who you going to listen to, the dad or the husband? Love is addition, dog. Like if you have to take a a integral piece of me or you got to make me choose between two things I love that's not disrespectful to you, then you're making me choose. That's not love. That's control. <laughs> Man, being, a, being in a relationship is not hiring a manager. Facts. It's, it's, not, it's not bringing on like a consulting agency to control your life or to dictate when you do this, when you do that. Like, no, nah, yes, you should be improving the quality of our life together, right? But at the same time, it's not no management contract. It's not you coming in and telling me like, all right, you need to do this. You need to move that way. Like, no, nah, you need to stop doing that. You've been doing it for 10 years, but you need to stop it with me. And it's working. It's not like, <laughs> like I'm killing myself. Like, nah, like, yeah, you need, to, you need to stop doing all of that. Like, no, like, you know, for the, for the women that's watching, like, nah, like, most men, like, period, don't want like that. You know, unless they just came to you and just like, look, like, you know, I need structure in my life. Like, nah, like, most men at this stage, they have structure. They don't mm -hmm. need that. <laughs> Whether that structure looks like the structure you want or not. Right. Because, like, I don't have no set time to be here, bro. When I'm at the studio, let's say you out, yeah. out of town or you shooting or something. Right. I might be here from 10 o'clock in the morning to midnight. Right. So, tomorrow I might be here from 10 o'clock to 6. Yeah. We building something that can change the next two generations of our lives. Right. I couldn't imagine being like, oh, this didn't work out the way it was supposed to work out because I went home at 6 o'clock because my girl wanted me home every day or because I had to make sure I was there for date night. Now, granted, it's going to be some, you know, not to over-minimize it. Granted, it's going to be some stuff like, hey, the kids have this tonight. I want to make sure I make that. Or, you know, my son has a, has a game or something like that. But even I know and my son knows Every now and then, I might miss a game. Every now and then, we might have to move the family dinner. Every now and then, we might have to move the family vacation. I think it's just about perspective. And I feel like in this time where we're being told that everything you want, you should get or you deserve. And I think that's more towards women. But of course, it's, like, it's men who think like that, too. Mm. In this time, we've taught everybody about what they should be able to get, but we haven't taught anybody about sacrifice. Yeah, yeah. Like, what are you willing to lose? Right. And um, I, I think that just, I mean, that's our relationships. Our relationships should require, like, some type of sacrifice where 
we're sacrificing and you know our time away from this thing you know they may be sacrificing in another way but it needs to be on both ends some type of sacrifice like at the end of the day it has, it has to, to be. be that it has to be because every level of your life that you grow in is going to require you to leave something yeah like it's in, like in order to get something greater too it's not like you sacrificing with, with with it in vain like there's a reward on the other side and it's like i think for a lot of people male and female they just need to keep in mind that like yo like it is a reward it's not for no reason yeah. like none of this shit is for no reason and I, I i'll piggyback you know what i'm saying that really touch on this too it's like you know, Tom Brady is trailblazing. You know what I'm saying? Trailblazing. It's like he's doing something that hasn't really been done before. Like you said, he's a part of that 0%. And um, I say that to say this. It's like, you know, October 6, 1989, like, you know, uh, what was it? Time Magazine. No, it wasn't Time Magazine. It was the AJC, October 6, 1989. Um, it was an article. The headline was, Blacks Want a Shot at the Film Industry. And this was the headline for the newspaper. And what was that, 32 years ago? Tomorrow will be 32 years. Tomorrow will be 32 years ago. That's crazy. So it's like, with that in mind, and for us to be doing what we're doing, building a space or cultivating a space that's for all people, right? But mostly for, like, minorities and, like, building us and putting us that's in the, the same foundation. space. This is the foundation. It's just like, why are y'all up, so upset with us building this foundation that hasn't been here or wasn't here 32 years ago? You writing the script. Like, so how are you so upset with the way that we're moving, the way that we're... Like, we don't have a blueprint for none of this, right? But we're trying to figure it out. Tom Brady is trying to figure it out. I'm trying to figure it out, bro. <laughs> Nobody like, else has done this. He's trying to figure it out. There's no blueprint. That's so. why I hate these cliche phrases like, you know, it's Sting Grace and all these... Because y'all don't really have this. Like, culturally, it's not even man or woman. It's like, culturally, we don't have patience. Right. We don't really extend grace to anybody. And we don't really try to understand anything new. Right. So if this is uncharted territory and you're not trying to understand it, then that means you want things to stay the same. Right. Whether you know it or not, you want things to stay the same. So I, it's, it's really hard for me um, to empathize mm -hmm. with that. And I know that might be wrong in certain instances, man, but... It, it's really hard for me to empathize with you telling a man that's on a real path that he should come off that path for a temporary ego stroke. Yeah. Essentially, is what it, what yeah. it feels like to me. Yeah. And, you know, kill me all you want, but, you know, like, even, like, to, you know, take it back even to, like, new projects, right? I had the pleasure of producing yeah. my first project without you. Yeah, yeah. And... Brian, like, I know what I'm doing because we've been doing it, but I didn't know what I'm doing. What I mean is I've never done that. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, I called Caleb for this. Okay, I called this. We checking on this. We checking on this. But I got to work with, you know, we, we, had, a, um, we had some footage where we was talking about how Elliot Wilson used to be somebody that I looked up to. I still look up to him. Right. I, I appreciate, number one, the fact that he is who I thought he was. Right. But he's, his work has been what it is. So I got to go produce something and bring somebody from Albany, one of my friends who hasn't, not saying he hasn't shot amazing things, but he hasn't worked with at this, this type of thing yet. So yeah. I was able to bring him along with that. Yeah. 
bring another person on our team, bring right. them along with that. Right. And we went and shot one of the hottest up and coming artists. I'm not going to say who it is because it's not out yeah. and this is going to come out first. Yeah. But we went and shot this. I produced it. We did this. That was Monday. Boom. So Tuesday, I fly to New York. And I'm going to pause you before I get into Tuesday. But like, in addition to that, bro, it's just like, you know, it's just so dope because like, you know, me, you, um, Elliot, you know, some of the team, shout out Connor, shout out Fisher. Um, shout out Tony again, but just some of those guys, it's just like we all in the room with Elliot and he's telling real stories in a real way about, about some DMX of those different and DMX and like running through the airport with DMX and, you know, his situations with Jay-Z or this and that. It's like people don't really get those experiences unless we're in the rooms that we're in. And in order for us to stay in those rooms, it's not going to look as balanced as most people think it's going to be balanced, bro. Sometimes it's going to be like 80-20. Sometimes it's going to be 90-10. It's not always going to be 50-50 work life. It's going to shift around. It's going to shift around. Because it's just like, a part of it. And it should. Like, bro, two years ago, <laughs> I couldn't tell you what kind of lens that is. Yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. So like, then I'm looking at it and I'm like, I ain't even going to lie. I'm going to be 100% honest. After I finished that shoot, because we shot, we might have started at like 10 o'clock that morning. Yeah. And we probably ain't end to like 9 o'clock that night. Right. And I really, like, dead ass was like, bro, I don't know if I would have gotten to do this if I was married. And that's sad. And people are like, well, what's the parallel? I'm like, because I had no idea of how to tell somebody what my day was going to look like. And, like... The way people are trying to govern their partners now, men and women, yeah. is you got to be available at this time for this text message, it's for this. Crazy, like, bro. It's, it's crazy. That shit is insane. <laughs> like, and it's just like, you know, we, we at that stage to where it's like, you know, people ask you like, yo, like, you available in four months? I don't know if I'm available tomorrow. Bro. <laughs> like, I'm taking this literally day by day. Today, Wednesday, Wednesday October 5th, I'm just focused on that. Shout out to Tut, man. Tut be calling me every week, like, yeah. bro, what you, what you look like in three, three weeks? Bro, it's just like, <laughs> yo, like, you know, I have some soft holes, or I might have, like, a confirmation on this or a confirmation on that, but a lot of this stuff changes in real time. Like, that's just the industry, period. Right. So it's like, I don't really know what the day look like. <laughs> I can't really communicate that. I'll try to give you my best perspective on it but it's probably gonna be in real time and it's like also it's like you can't really hold me accountable to whatever i said when i already told you that you know what i'm saying i told you my life is like this exactly i told you that on day one and i'm not <laughs> i'm i'm this probably i'm gonna probably die this way bro <laughs> i'm not missing an opportunity a real opportunity for anybody else's feelings bro right like at all right and like, just, just to go back, this is how crazy. I knew last week that I was shooting with Elliot. That's all I knew. Right? So then, the day before we shoot Elliot, I got invited to come shoot in New York, Tuesday. Yeah, yeah. I ain't know nothing about that. Right. Then, so, shoot Elliot Monday. Then, I actually fly to New York, and I shoot Elliot for something else. Completely different. Big shit. Tuesday. Tuesday, we shoot that. I help produce that. Then, while we're there, there's a Netflix partner in the room for the... It wasn't a Netflix production, but it was a Netflix person in the room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then she says, okay, boom, we have this Netflix premiere tomorrow. I need you to come to this. And on top of that, 
I had to do something with Forbes on Wednesday. So that was my Monday. Then that was my Tuesday. Now my Wednesday has gone from me flying home to me, fly, me going to a Forbes event, me with a team in, in, on Madison Ave. <laughs> why are you still in New York? Why didn't you tell me? Huh? <laughs> you yeah, why you ain't tell me? Or you told me right. you was coming back today. You told right. me, yeah. like, how do you, how do it's, you plan like, for that? It's like, bro, like, again, one, like, and, and this is advice just in general. It's like you literally have to take this life one day at a time. Like, don't try to think about too much at one time. Just focus on one day. Like, conquer the day, move on to the next one, do the same thing. And just at that point, whatever your goal is, in, you know, five years or ten years, you'll get there by focusing on every single day is that. That's it. I think that goes to that Drake quote, too. Never ask, never ask for permission, ask for forgiveness. Yeah. Because you can't ask for permission. And I ain't going to. But you can't act like, hey, babe, um, they want me to shoot for Netflix. You mind if I, like, stay an extra day? And I do feel like a part of it is paranoia. Like, we have so much <laughs> media and so much talking and narratives and conversation right, about right. people doing the wrong thing, like yeah. cheating and doing all of this lying or saying that they're doing stuff and they're not doing right, it. So right. we just have, as a culture, we have this, this just natural paranoia and hysteria. If you can't control your partner, it's because they're doing something you don't want them to do. Right. That's not always the case. I'm not saying it's never the case. But I think what throughout my career, what has always pissed me off is you can see my results. Yeah. So if you can see my results, why am I constantly having to re-explain the same shit? <laughs> or why are you constantly asking me to re-explain it? Because I'll go tone deaf like a mother. Like, I'll yeah. stop texting in a minute Yeah. with no... Right. I could love you to death. Right. At a certain point, I'm not explaining work to you. Yeah. I'm not explaining that, dog, Caleb put me on this, and that led to this, and that led to this, and I just touched 10 people that I idolized for 30 years, and not only did I meet them, they paid me. Right, exactly. I got paid to meet somebody that I idolized. Right. And do something that the whole world is going to say, you want me to apologize for coming home late? Right, yeah. Or you want me to apologize for saying, hey, I know I said, you know, this was the last year we was going to do this, but... Jay-Z want us to shoot a documentary, so right. I'm going to need four more months. Imagine right. me apologizing for that. Right, 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 right. right. Man, I lose right. my shit, bro. Right. And then just to bring it full circle and then we can move on from this, it's just like, you know, you look at like a Tom Brady and it's like, you know, he going home to his wife and he's like, yo, like, I know I said this was the last year, but, you know, this is the year where I can really break this record, I can break that record, and this is what I've always dreamed of since I was seven years old. Who's going to tell him no? <laughs> Who's gonna tell me that <laughs> something that I thought I couldn't do, man? Now I'm 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 right here. I'm on the goal line. Yeah, and you tell me like nah, you want to like... take me out of here? <laughs> yeah, we gonna sub in this other quarterback. Right. Man, get the yeah. fuck out my face, dog. So it's 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 crazy, but um, just to shift gears, um, just to talk about like work life balance a little bit more. It's like you know you had the week where you traveling Monday or you shooting Monday in Atlanta, you traveling Tuesday, you still in New York Wednesday. And that's a normal thing for us. That's not like crazy at all. Like that's a very normal. It's a regular week. <laughs> amidst everything that we got here at the space. And it's just like, you know, amidst that type of work schedule, um, you know, what type of advice would you give somebody that's, cause I don't have kids. So it's mm -hmm. like, how is that managing all of that with, you know, your son, um, your mom and family back home in Albany? Like, how do you kind of like time manage that? 
So what I've learned to do is, number one, planes go everywhere. Yeah. So, like, even in the midst of that week. So that week, I ended up leaving. I left uh, I left New York Thursday. My son texted me Thursday night and said, hey, Dad, can you come get me? Now, my son is 12. You know, uh, I don't know if a three-year-old understands that or a five-year-old understands that. But my, my advice is find a a regular system so when you deviate from the system, it's not as bad as you not just ever being there. So perfect example, when I was in the medical field, I used to, I used to work in a different state every month. On, I'm driving too. I'm not even flying at this point. I'm driving. I lived in Baltimore. My son lived in Albany. And my mama used to tell me I was nothing. This is my mama. This is my mama who like, this is her only grandson. Mm. This is her only grandchild. And I'm her youngest son. Like she cared about all of us, but she still thought I was crazy. Bro, I used to work. Let's say I left here on a Sunday night. I go to North Carolina, work in North Carolina for two days, go to West Virginia for one day, then go to Maryland, back to Maryland the fourth day. And then I would drive from Baltimore to see my son every two weeks. So I built, I did that for 10 years. Now, eventually I got to the point to where, you know, that drive to Baltimore became a flight to Baltimore, but I still was going to see my son. For the first 10 years of my son's life, he never went two weeks without seeing me. How, how many hours drive is that from Baltimore? From Baltimore, it's 16 and a half without traffic. You crazy. Each way. <laughs> you crazy, bro. Without, <laughs> but at that point, I couldn't afford plane. I couldn't afford last minute plane tickets. Right, right, right. So right, I right. never knew what, what my actual Friday or Thursday would end up. Like some days I might end up having to go to Baltimore, I might not. So I couldn't like buy a ticket two weeks in advance. So then if I figure out on Friday, or on Thursday that I'm not gonna have to go X place tomorrow, then that flight to Albany round trip might have been twelve hundred, bro. That was a week worth of salary for me at that time. Yeah. So it wasn't like <laughs> I had but I could drive my Monte Carlo right. to Albany for eighty dollars. Yeah. And then drive back for eighty dollars. Right. So that's what I did. But I did that for ten years. So now if I tell my if my son called me and I can't get there, yeah. It's like, all right, son, I can't come tomorrow. Tomorrow's Friday. I can't come tomorrow. But I'll be there Monday. So yeah. the days move around a little bit. But you still keep your commitment. But I'm going to keep my commitment. Yeah. And if it's right. something that's like just... Perfect example, man. My son... When my son had a PTA meeting. Yeah. Right? I ain't never miss a PTA meeting like the first nine years. The last year, I, I had to miss a PTA meeting. So I know it's not, quote unquote, the best thing. But because I know my son is expecting me to be at this meeting and I miss this meeting. So now tomorrow we're going to David Buster's. Or tomorrow we going to yeah. Legoland. Just trying to make it up. Because it's not like saying, fuck them kids and fuck your wife. It's just when things happen, you have to pivot. Right. So like if, right. It, was, if it was your girl's birthday or your wife's birthday and y'all supposed to leave today, an adult to me should be able to understand that, okay, now we're not going today. Maybe we going tomorrow yeah. or maybe we going to go next week. And I'll, I'm going to throw some extra in because I know you're being understanding. Right. But the But the... The first part is the understanding. Right. Because right. you think I wanna you think I want to drive 18, 16 hours each way? I'm right. inconvenienced too. Right, 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 right. And so that's a good thing. I'm glad you paused there. So it's like, it's like this, guys. And I want people to just really understand this. It's like, you know, sacrifice is I'm gonna hold for the train. Marcel, what's good, bro? <laughs> <laughs> Um, all right, cool. <clears throat> Hope so. 
blowing up too. You good? What time is it? Three thirty. Yeah, we good. Three fifty. Ain't no real shit. Uh, battery straight. Okay, cool. Oh, yeah, we'll be done. All right, we'll be done. Um, I was just going to say this. It's like, you know, one thing to just keep in mind is like sacrificing is a two-way street. Like the way you sacrifice for work is the same way you sacrifice for your son. Like that 16-hour drive is the same way you sacrifice to stay in New York for a day. It's not like that was free for you to stay for an extra day. You had to pay for the room. You had to pay for food. Like you got to pay for whatever else you had to pay for. Like that's a sacrifice. And so it's like for... You know, people in relationships that's looking for love and marriage and stuff like that. It's like, if you got somebody who's willing to sacrifice, period, they willing to sacrifice for so much more. But go ahead. Yeah, bro. It's, and, it, <laughs> and it just, you know, I just think we all got to get into this. We got to get out of this mindset of right now. Yeah. And that's a scarcity mindset. That's something you think about all the time. Something you talk about all the time. And it don't just apply <clears throat> to money. Like, this mindset that if I don't do this for you this time, that means our relationship is bad or that means you're not worth it. No, it's just like we got to make real life yeah. decisions yeah. every day. Right. But I want to pivot to somebody, one of your favorite people in the world, Who? Kanye West. Yeah, man. I, I love know. Kanye. I don't care what nobody say. Yeah. I love disruptors, number one, anyway. So, <laughs> That's that's it. But you worked with Kanye right. and had good and bad experiences with Kanye. Right, yeah. But I think this whole white lives matter thing, everybody was sending me this and everybody's like, black people are all up in arms, bro. This shit don't bother me at all. <laughs> right. Because well, how how you feel about it? Unfortunately, like I always tell people, what Kanye doing versus what Kanye is doing versus the black people who are responding to it is the same thing. Because people will say, oh, you know, it's like Kanye has like a split demographic down the black people aisle now. Half of the black people don't fuck with him no more, and half of them love him. But if you're in this side that don't fuck with him or don't care about him, then nothing he do should matter, right? But if you don't care about him, and the minute he do something, you spend your whole day talking about it so you can get engagement, you're doing the same thing he's doing. And yeah. making a hundred times less money doing it. Right, right. So white lives matter. Number one, at a certain point, we got to stop always letting our messaging or our, our identity being predicated on us being the victim. So black lives matter was a necessary movement or a necessary point in time. But even with the black lives matter movement, we've seen black people that exploited that movement. For like for their own personal gain, it's always happened. It's not just these people. Yeah, I mean that's, and again, like we we getting real real deep at this point. But you know, a lot of nonprofits they do this thing where they hide money or they do fraudulent things to kind of like tuck money to the side. And um, you know, Black Lives Matter as an organization, you know, they do fall into that category. They did do that. They did, you know, buy mansions and cars and like, you can look at this information that's out there. I don't, you don't need to hear from me, but like, this is actually what went on. And so what Kanye was addressing was that specifically. He wasn't saying the movement, period, like just as far as like black people, but the organization, like, I think he was addressing that. Yeah, and so another thing, hypocrisy. exactly, exactly. And so another thing is like, 
Um, Kanye is... Kanye understands one key thing that I, a lot of people I feel like haven't really grasped onto. He understood that controversial statements or things that are controversial in general, they increase your awareness about that person. Now people are talking about Kanye. Now you can sell anything. You can literally sell water to a motherfucking sea lion. Like you can sell like anything and people are gonna buy it. And that's the key thing, and that's what he understood. So it's like, he's either at the beginning of a deal or in in the deal. And that's the whole reason why he wore the shirt. And I can only have that. It was, the, it was the season nine launch. Yeah. So if you're not talking about my exactly. clothes, exactly. I'm going to make you talk about my clothes. He's going to make you talk about the clothes. <laughs> and that's the thing. That's what it boils down to. It's not just a shirt. Like, <laughs> Kanye trying to make money. Like, that's, that's really what it is at the end of the day. Am I saying this right? Hell no. But I'm just aware about what's going on. But like, Cardi finna drop a verse. She go on Instagram. I mean, she go on Twitter and she beefing. Mm. When every, everybody, everybody in, in a space of, there's sellers and there's consumers. There's mm. sellers and there's buyers. All the sellers have realized that in this point in time, all we care about is drama. Mm. So everybody do outrage marketing. Right. Either I'm beefing against this person, that's going to get you to come listen to my song or come buy my song or come buy my ticket. Right. Or I'm, I, I got more money than this artist, so this is going to make you, and I'm going to tell you I got more mar- money than this specific artist. Or I'm going to tell you that I'm better than Donald Trump. All of this stuff. Look at the baby. You know what I'm saying? Like, look at the way he's been approaching uh, just the Meg and Tory situation. Yeah. And the only reason he's doing that is because he dropped the album. He dropped the album. <laughs> like the first thing we like, heard about this album was I hit Meg the week before she Yeah. The day before. Yeah, on like, his debut single. On your debut single. And it's like people gotta really like you really gotta start using your intelligence and look at the patterns. Like people have been doing this for like decades. Like they get you pissed off and then you go and listen to whatever they whatever they uh talking about in their album or they drop some merch and you buy their merch just to support it, quote-unquote, or you just buying it to burn it up. And but I don't you, care they what, still making money. I don't care what they say. I ain't seen no white people at them Kanye events last year when he did them Donald events. Yeah. Them shits look like HBUC classes. Yeah. HBCU. See, I'm so stuck <laughs> on my own shit. But, and granted, like, is there a morality part to it or just a principle part to it or just, like, yeah. common decency? To a certain point, yes. But also, if I believe that this... The people who are controlling y'all is full of shit. Then that kind of goes against me saying, "Okay, I'm not gonna touch this." Right. And we live in a clickbait era. I always say this. I know Van. I've spoken to Van a lot. Me and Van got a lot of friends. Van used that Kanye moment too. Like he used that moment for the next six months. Right. And then outside of that, we use sound bites. If I say Caleb, man, it looked like you know what I'm saying. The last. It looked like you not shooting at him was a choice. Right, right. Was it? <laughs> it might not have been a choice. You, you yeah. would have said, boom, well, nigga, this was the budget I had. So yeah. I, you could have came to me and said, this is the budget I had. Right. So on one hand, two things could be true. But if I only take piece of the statement, yeah. or if I'm already coming into this like, y'all told me to be mad, so I'm going to be mad about this. I'm reading it with their eyes. Yeah. Now it's, it's off. Tori could have put out, or the baby, let's use the baby, because I don't like messing with the Meg situation too much. But 
The baby could have put out the worst song in the world. If everybody was saying it's hot, they go, you go into it, listening to it, trying to find the dopeness in it. If everybody's saying, fuck that nigga, you go into it, trying to find the reason to say fuck that nigga. Yeah. Like, we, we have become such pawns to programming and media that we don't even realize, like, they be pulling our chain all day, dog. All day, all day. And it's like, everybody is pushed and pulled, whether they feel like they high and mighty, in the world or they just a regular Joe who, you know, does whatever on a daily basis. But it impacts everybody in some way and they respond to it. And it's like, it's cool for certain people to be impacted, but does it always warrant a response? No. Nah. Like you ain't gotta respond to it. I don't know who you don't like. You know why? <laughs> right. Cause you don't sit around talking about niggas right. you don't like. Exactly. I can tell like, you who you who you love, I can <laughs> tell you who you admire, yeah. who who inspired. If I'm if it's really that deep, I'm not finna spend my day yeah. mad and telling right. you how much I'm mad about somebody I never met. Right, right. Cause it's like at that point, you're putting energy towards a thing that don't even matter to you. And I think my biggest <laughs> the biggest thing that bothers me, because yeah, it's happening to Kanye now, but it's it's becoming the norm. The biggest thing is the minute I don't agree with you, I discount everything you did before. Right. Yeah. Everything. Everything you did before, like I remember <laughs> last year, people was acting like Jim Brown couldn't say nothing to black people, or Harry Belafonte because he got a white wife can't say nothing to black people. Like, right, yeah, like nigga, they, they put dogs on this man. It's it's, it's like crazy. we got to stop being so emotionally irrational. Yeah, this shit is nuts. And on the second part of it is like, so we can total this out is. I think with all of these topics, the, love, the Tom Brady love, it comes back to family, bro. It does. Like, yeah. it comes back to us building families, which in, in, in conjunction builds trust. And when you build trust and, and build a family, now you have structure. We are such a dysfunctional culture that it's like nobody knows what's right from wrong, what they should be mad about, what they should do. And it, it's, it's hard to look at. And that's another reason why, from an artistic standpoint, we have a responsibility. Yeah. But we also have a responsibility to have the tough conversations. Like, say what you want about Dave Chappelle. You say what you want about Kanye. You say what you want about Diddy. You say what you want about Jay-Z. You say what you want. These people are not scared to disagree with you and have that conversation. And I think that's the only way you can be a change agent, is if you're not willing to go against popular opinion, you ain't never going to change shit. Right. So kill me all you want to. I'm still buying Kanye albums. I'm still watching Tom Brady games. I'm still listening to Drink Champs. I'm still picking work over your feelings. And I'm still going to stay in New York an extra day. Hey. And Caleb's still going to be Caleb. <laughs> we out, man. New change agents. Holla at your boys. And we're going to do more of these, bro. We got to. We got to do more of these. Cause we got to. I got to get my shit off. You got to get your <laughs> shit off. And then we're just going to bring you know, guests in, in and yeah. out. And I think we're going to fire Marcel. <laughs> no? All right, cool. We out. All right, we out.